Hey, what's up, everyone? We are back. Because we're the prodigals, baby. The prodigals. Although we're unfaithful, we will always come back. <laughs> yes. We just keep adding to the intro. This is awesome. I love it. Um, <laughs> welcome to the Prodigals podcast, where we talk about all kinds of topics relating to faith and culture. Yes, we discuss topics not normally preached in the pulpit or talked about during Bible studies, and that is why we are here for you. Hello again. I'm Mark, and I'm joined by Alan, Billy, Arwen, and Jed. Um, so, as most of you know, COVID-19 has been wreaking havoc within many countries. In many places, lockdowns have been implemented, and many local governments have set parameters limiting the amount of people allowed to congregate in any given space. Because of this, churches have found themselves reeling and finding creative ways to continue with their services. Some churches have made the news in a good light. Some have made the news in a not-so-good light. So today, for our Table Talks episode, we will be, we will be talking about doing church during the COVID-19 pandemic. Table talks. So, I guess uh, our first question would be: What are some things that you've noticed churches are now doing? Easy. Uh, live stream services have been yes. very, very popular. Very, very. And I don't know if they're keeping six feet apart from each other because I watch them and I'm like, I don't know. That's six feet. I didn't know there were people in there. I just keep seeing just the preacher. Depends, so. depends on uh, what live stream you see, what, what live stream you're watching. <laughs> so we should just like, maybe we should call like uh, their local authorities and be like, oh. <laughs> just call them out. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> send the cops over just to make sure. <laughs> just to make sure they're doing okay. So where we are in Ontario, there's a, there's a limit of five people in any given space, right? So yeah. my coworker plays in a praise team so what he does, uh, what the, their praise team does, he said, was um, they would have five members in a praise team. And so praise time, they would go there. Like there's the singer, the backup singer, the pianist, the drummer, and the bass guitar. And so they would do the praise time. After the praise time, during the live stream, the backup singer leaves. When the backup singer leaves, the pastor enters. So there's Amen. always just five. <laughs> Amen. That's how you do it, yeah, baby. It's like Jesus and the Holy Spirit. I can't if I don't come. If I don't leave, the Holy Spirit won't come. And <laughs> that—that's the principle that they're following. I love it. It's good. Have you heard of? Uh, have you guys heard of the drive-in church services? I have not. What's I've heard. Oh, I heard of it, but like, is it actually happening? So churches have rented out uh, former drive-in theaters, or I don't know if they're former, but That's like cool. they've rent out, out drive-in yeah. theaters, and then so people would just drive up and oh, nice in their cars and stay in their cars hmm. and just worship in their cars. That's oh, nice. awesome. Yeah, nice. Some people have gotten in trouble for it. I'm not sure which area it came to. Like people getting fined and but the judge ruled that it's okay and uh, it's okay 
as long as the members have their windows rolled. Windows up. closed, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're all confined in their own area. Yeah, yeah. I oh my gosh, I instantly imagined just like people doing communion, like like Catholic <laughs> communion, and just like a drive-in, and the priest is standing in like a window, and you just pull up, get your communion, and then you just drive on through. <laughs> Not even well, yeah, they do that, but they can probably double up with a COVID testing and shove something up. Oh yeah, yeah, we'll do too. Yeah. Boom. Communion, communion, and COVID, and testing. Yeah, there we go. Instead of wow. instead of foot washing, they're it's it was car <laughs> no. washing. No, <laughs> no, not the whole car, just the wheels. Just the wheels. <laughs> Gosh, just the wheels. Oh man, that's so good. <laughs> My goodness. All right, so like I think. What are the other things that you've seen? I think in the oh. U.S. there's like a church that's still that's still opened. Yeah, in defiance and, of oh yeah. yeah, in defiance of the lockdown and the quarantine. Yeah. And, I definitely um, yeah, yeah. It's really sad, but I mean, it's really it's really sad. It's, sad. it's really spicy. Yeah, I heard the news. Uh, it's like not just one, but like multiple. Because it mm-hmm. it's hard to regulate like what they're doing here in Canada with in, with what's in the U.S. It's almost like each state is like their own thing. Um, and I think there was this one experience uh, one time. And I, I don't think it's just the one time. There's a bishop that was like, "Oh no, nah, we're all gonna still go to church." Because you know the enemy wants to prevent us from going to church. To church. So we're yeah. gonna go, and then and and two days later, he makes us after he makes that statement to the news, he was he got he was positive for COVID. Yeah, man. And now I'm worried about the whole congregation. Yeah, man. That went. It's really yeah, spicy. Yeah, it's really, and even it's really sad. Further than that, I think like I don't know if we're talking about the same church, but I know a pastor who was defiant of orders and he got COVID and then he ended up um, passing away due to complications. Yeah. I definitely, I've read that one. Yeah. That one's, that one's really sad. Yeah. It's really nuts. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Like I, I was reading an article about another pastor who had a church gathering and then I guess he got arrested and cited or I don't know. But then, like he, I guess he was on parole or something. But then he broke it. He's like, "No, we're gonna still gonna do this." And I'm like, "I don't understand." Like, like I want to understand their their heart and their mindset as to why they continue to meet despite, um, like, being defiant of the government, despite being defiant of uh, these orders that are put in place to help protect one another. Cause like when I, cause like the way I see it, to have all these restrictions in the place and to follow them and to practice social distancing, is my way of loving my neighbor. Cause that's my way of like ensuring that my neighbor will not get COVID, they will not get sick, and that it prevents everyone from um, getting caught into the pandemic pretty much. Mm-hmm. So like I really want to try to, like it's really hard for me to understand and empathize with them because I I, I just don't see how. Um, this is um, being a good witness to who Jesus is and his love, right? So, yep. That's why it, it's hard for me to understand. Yeah, it's I think it's like I think it's like a lot of factors because, like, I think some 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 uh, like some groups of people do not trust the government at all. There's some Christians out there that don't trust the government government at all, uh, and uh, the problem with that is then 
if they issued like a quarantine or social isolation, then they wouldn't trust that, you know, it's that severe. You know, maybe it's like one of those conspiracies or maybe it's one of those like, oh, they're just trying to take away my freedom and they have this alternate plan and they're just putting it as a front that it's COVID. Even though the whole world's suffering through it, there's still people that still believe that, you know, they're all lying to us. I think there's a distrust between what the government says and the people. I think regardless of what the government says, the people will counteract that almost. I could see it applying here. Yeah. Um, I just want to speak to, you know, this idea that maybe Christians um, not taking this pandemic seriously because there's a belief that, you know, God wouldn't do this to, you know, our Christian nation, right? Well, first off, I don't know if you can call, you know, Canada or or the U.S., you know, a strictly Christian nation any longer. Yeah, Canada's really right? far from. That. Right, but even if you think this is, you know, just a community that God wouldn't wouldn't, you know, wouldn't allow this to happen, you know, all you have to do is go as far as King David, you know, in your Bible. If you if you don't think that way, right? When when King David uh, King David took a census and he wasn't supposed to. And so God gave him three choices to choose from, you know, three sort of like punishments. The first one is like three years of famine. Uh, second one was either three, three months of being um, chased by your enemies or like keep losing your battles or three days of, of a plague, right? Or pestilence, right? That was, those were the three choices that David had to choose. He actually chose and he chose, you know, the pandemic or he chose the, uh, he chose the plague. Right, one day seventy thousand guys died. Right, um, just to say that you know, just to speak to this notion that you know, would, God would never allow this to happen, and it's just the government trying to whatever. No, well, there is a there is you know a precedent from God, you know, allowing pestilence to happen, you know, and disease to come upon you know God's children. Um, yeah, I think. Oh no, yeah, Arwen, you go, you go, Arwen, you got it, you got. Yeah, this. I think back to the question. Like I, I've seen. Um, Kingdom Church in Edmonton, they pre-record their sermons um, or Saturday um, worship service, and they would play it live on YouTube or Facebook on on Saturday. Hmm. So that way, they're not all at the at their at their church or place of worship at the same place or same time. Sorry, so hmm. I think that's very intuitive. Um, better than doing it live because I've seen like all these Zoom meetings that some churches have held and i mean this is not a shot to older generations but for them it's just like this this is a new technology one that they haven't used before are not comfortable with using and because they're remote it's not like they can just ask oh can you help me with this every every instruction is going to be online and it's just like oh yeah just press this button how are they going to press this button if they don't know where to look for the button so i don't don't know it it just doesn't work it's hard for the uh, older generational churches who are not tech savvy. Yeah. I can definitely very, see how like very hard. Man, that must be really hard <laughs> for those type of like with that demographic, with that type of church demographic. I know my wife's hers, her uh, her old pastor went like to somewhere like up north in Ontario in I think Ontario somewhere. I don't know, very far away, like and like explicitly, like it's a old it's an old church with a white like old white people. And that's the demographic that like that those are the facts. And I'm like, I wonder how they're coping with it because uh-huh. like I don't know like if they have if they if they know 
technological wise how, like how to go about and like how they're meeting as a church because mm-hmm. i feel like that's a that could definitely be a barrier where and that can really disrupt like community within that mm-hmm. within that church mm-hmm. which is pretty pretty hard and pretty crazy yeah yeah I know, I know some uh, some other churches. Um, there's one, there's one in the Philippines that my, that that my, that my mom, the city that my mom grew up in. Uh, they they've been, I think every Saturday, I think um, they would create. They would only have the the pastor, and then they would have yeah the praise team. Uh, in the Philippines, at least, it's not like limited to just five people, like in Canada, uh, <laughs> Toronto, at least. But at least, but it's just like. They're still keeping their distance there. Uh, very few people, but uh, it's it's like a combo. Um, they record like the special music. They record like testimonies. They record all different aspects of the service beforehand, and then play it on the Saturday in combo with doing live worship and the sermon. Um, so that that was one way. Uh, and another way that I've seen like church has been church has been trying to be still connected uh, despite each um, what is that called despite ge- the ge- the generational like differences right um, especially with the elderly I, I've noticed that some churches call um, they call their members just to see how they're doing uh, and also to let them know that they have online services um, because like yeah going back to what you uh, Billy, what you're saying, like, um, like the elderly do not know how to <laughs> to do stuff, right? Uh, sometimes, depending, yeah, they probably don't, uh, uh, and they might need help, uh, and they mm. might not even know that there's online services because that might be strange. Uh, and so, I think it's it's good that there's some churches, especially the bigger ones, they they're they're making sure that they call everyone on their list and telling them that like, hey, we have online services. Is there any way that we can support you through this? Is there anything that we can help you through that? And I think I kind of like that, that they're still trying to be connected in this time. Yeah, I think, I mean, the church that I kind of like have the Zoom church thing going on, um, many of, most of them are elderly. And I think that uh, if you have church leaders that communicate well, um, with their members on how to, you know, um, do these, um, you know, to take advantage of the technology that we have now. I mean, obviously it hasn't always been like a smooth transition. <laughs> like it's, like the first time we did it, then they were trying to do, you know, they were trying to sing songs, you know, for hymns. And there was uh, one member playing their piano, but the people that were singing because only one, only one person can like really, speak or talk and stuff like that so when they were singing they couldn't hear the they couldn't hear the 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 piano and so there was like this really back and forth just like uh uh uh, and trying to try to do whatever and then you have (laughs) and then you have this random person just come out uh you know in the middle of the song talking about hey we're starting now we're gonna like whatever and that's like (laughs) that totally takes over like the sound of their ears (laughs) it's like oh man there's 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 a steep learning curve for some of us, but I think you know we, we we're forced to to get by it and forced to learn and and forced to adapt and so you know you can't help but you know even though there's this growing pains that happen that overall it'll be a good thing for you know for all of us regardless of what what your age is going to be. Yeah, I just think it also presents an opportunity for the younger or young adults Ooh. to kind of step in. Ooh, I like, that. and I've seen that. Like in 
my church where like the youth have stepped in to lead out on Sabbath. Uh, well, at least for their demographics, which is great. Um, I've seen them help out for the main service, which is awesome. I, I think, yeah, it just gives that, that exposure or, or the situation kind of just allows them to step into a role where an, an older or an elder member may not have any experience with. And yeah. Yeah. It's kind of, I don't want to say it's like force discipleship no. in a sense, but like, it's kind of stepping up. It, it's stepping up, man. It, That's no, what no, it no. is. I think it's give, definitely giving the opportunity for uh, like just younger, younger leaders to start emerging within the church. Uh, Cause like, you know, we're, we're millennials. We're technologically savvy. But we also get to voice out like how God has grown us and what we've learned from God ourselves, and you know, be able to lead out in that sense. So it's pretty cool, pretty great. Like yeah. I totally agree with you, man. And um, I think like in um, in the book "Growing Young" and how to keep your churches, uh, young adults and youth uh, going, I think one of the key aspects of growing young and keeping young is to keep is to give the young people, the key to the church. So that means like giving them responsibilities and helping them step up and just giving them the space to do so. And I think like this event has definitely done that um, to many of the churches. That's good. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I also, I also think that it, the, for the, for the younger generations, it gives them more of a comfortable space to explore uh, and their abilities and the skills uh, that was given to to by by God to them for the church, uh, in a, like in a, a more safer space. Uh, like if you were to recommend doing digital Bible studies two years ago, um, just strictly that, then, then some, some mostly you would hear a lot of not so great comments from the older generations, right? Um, but overall, I think. Like we, it's it's cool that uh, a lot of the young generations are able to like yeah as you, as what Arun was saying like you know they're able to step up more, uh, they can be a lot more creative. Let's say if they want to do something like more digital, they might hear like not so great comments with, you know, like with the older generation. So for them to be able to explore that and to be more on like the frontliners of providing you know accessibility and and uh, resources for the church. Uh, it's kind of like they can, you know, it's, the church is not going to say no, right? If you want to make a podcast for your church, they're not going to be like, no, that's a bad idea. No, they're going to be like, yeah, let's do it. We need it right now. It's kind of like it opens doors. So then now when we're out of this quarantine, social isolation period, now they're, they're, it's like they're able to come in with like things that they didn't have when they came into it before. Yeah, no, they're, I mean, I think what you're saying is that, you know, they're forced to change, like the, the environment that they're in, it's, it's safe because there's an acceptance there. Yeah. Right. Uh, there's an acceptance or there's an openness, I should say. There's an openness to be, to accept, you know, whatever will work because right now how we used to do it in a traditional sense, we can't do that anymore. Right. And so you're forced to change, you're forced to adapt. And for somebody that this isn't their world right they have to now they have to now lean on people that is fluent in things like digital media things like you know technology um and and so 
it's it's definitely a time for growth um not because you know people not because older leaders have all of a sudden changed their mind and said oh yeah i'm going to give up control over the way that i like to do church to the younger generation mm-hmm. but i have to because we can't do it the way that i want it right yeah and that's not to say that you know that old uh, older members are are you know um I don't. I don't know the word to use. That's not. That's Christian. Like, you know, that's. They're just. They're. They're. Think simple. Think simple. I'm trying to. Uh, I don't want to say crotchety, but that's the only word that's going. <laughs> I don't even know what crotchety uh, is. Like they're. Uh, like not bitter, but they're. They're almost. You know, they're. They're very uh, defiant in the way they want to keep. You know how they're going to do it, and hmm. and, and their you know, ways. Yeah, in their ways, and even when they're doing it, there's like you know, like um, like you know, a frown on their on their face while doing it, right? But they won't have it any other way because that's the way they've been doing it for you know the past fifty mm. years, and that's the way that they're going to do it now as long as I'm alive and running. That things. sounds like that sounds like pride to me. Yeah, a lot of it. I mean, I, w- I would say that for many of for ma- for many of them, that that's definitely the. the the deciding factor or like the, mm. the movement. I, I, I want, I want to say there's a smaller percentage though, that it's just, they're scared of doing it any other way. Right. Sure, they're, they're scared with the, un- with the unknown and they don't want to like, you know, kind of mess it up or, or whatever. So there's, there's those, those type of people as well. So, but there's yeah, grace. Have, yeah, there, you know, there's grace there's for everybody, grace. but yeah. you know, I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely um, a moving point. Uh, our chance, uh, an opportunity for, you know, some of uh, uh, different ideas and yeah. concepts to to work its way, you know, into the delivery of how we do worship. And maybe you know, come out and be better for it. Uh, so yeah, so like now we've seen like the different creative things that the churches have been doing. Um, do you guys have any ideas of your own to make this experience even better for the church? So for myself, um, like what I started doing was um, like little small group get-togethers with the uh, university guys or college guys, that age group. Nice. Just because like in all of this, they like when church was still happening, they were the ones that were always kept in the dark. And then like I thought, I'm like, what? Just because COVID-19 happened, they're going to be kept in the dark again? So obviously, like, you know, I wish I could have started earlier, but I didn't think I was, you know, I didn't think I could do it, but I kind of just did it anyways. Um, I guess just with moral support from people. Um, But yeah, so I just started doing in terms of like any ideas on how to make the experience better, like from that age group's experience to be better, I started this group. For me, I think it's just important. Now that they don't have school anymore, um, there's less distractions for them. I do see this small group meetups on Zoom. Uh, I can see it happening even after COVID-19 is done. Like I think it's a much more convenient medium for them, if you will, mm. versus actually physically meeting up because you know we, we can't tailor everything. But online, we know everybody's connected on, so I'm. You know, I'm betting like they can make time for it. Um, but in terms of yeah, that's just one I one of the ideas. Just create a small group if you don't have one already. Um, I know. I guess this is leading into something else. But Mark 
said that he would help me with his workshop that he was planning to do. I don't, I don't know when that's going to start, but I'm definitely willing to sign up for it to learn more, like how I can execute this small groups better. Because for me, all I know is what we're doing, but how I'm doing it could be totally something else. And Mark's experience could definitely help me strengthen that experience. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's a good one. I love that because like yeah I think yeah to make this experience better is definitely to spiritually engage with people you don't usually spiritually engage with and to bring up these conversations and to talk about it and again the conveniency of zoom the conveniency of the internet like we don't have to be like oh we need to go we need to like go here, drive here, we'll meet up here, we'll go to the Starbucks and we'll sit down and then we'll have to wait for everyone to come. And then someone's going to be like, oh, I'll be 30 there. I'll be in like 30 minutes. I'm like, oh, we can't start on time. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I agree. And I nice. think also within a bigger, like within a bigger church setting, within a bigger church setting, um, being able to spiritually engage uh, just more intimately with uh, a handful of people will definitely uh, I think strengthen um, each individual, uh, each individual with their relationship with, with with Jesus, but also enrich the community and the culture of the church um, to raise up more disciples and to um, just I I think have uh, have a change in culture in the church to have this the focus more on really uh, building relationships with um, with others and to spiritually engage with them. So mm-hmm. yeah, uh, something that I found like a, a week weak spot for doing like church online even though like we have no like we can't that's not pretty much unavoidable at this point but um but i think a weak spot is the the anonymity anonymity sorry and i feel like the 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 more people um that are on like let's say zoom that just increases it meaning uh so what i mean is like the more people are on zoom that means decrease attention um less less uh, visibility on your behalf uh less involvement uh it's just like it's just less of a lot of the things that you would typically would want in a church right you would want you want a space to be interactive you want a space where you could you could learn and grow but also know that you are being seen uh, that you're also being valued and so i think a way that we could uh and how church leaders uh, if you're like listening um it, I think another way that we could approach it is by like when you, when you do church on zoom or when you do it on Facebook live or when you do it through stream, uh, stream it or uh, any other Avenue is still like, yeah, make it, uh, make your words more personalized being like, Hey brother, I'm good to see you here. Like, Hey, the, this, this insert family name, it's good to see you. It's kind of like make it personal. Like you're, you value that they went online to, to be a part of the service. Um, so that I think that allows them to feel like we're not, I'm not just someone that just hops onto the service. I'm someone who I'm like, my presence in this service, online service is valued. Um, mm. Yeah. If that makes sense. Right. I don't no, I know a lot of yeah. people don't do that, but I mean like, it'd be cool to be like, if someone comes in late, Hey brother Joey, I'm glad, you, <laughs> I'm glad you're in right now. I'm glad like, you came. Yeah, I'm glad you came. Minutes <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm yeah. totally on board with that because I think the this yeah again I think the scare the negative and scary part that could come out of it 
that can definitely come out of it is like with all these new streaming um, churches and all these pastors streaming and doing their sermons, like it can turn your Christian, I guess, life and your and the culture to become more consumeristic. So you're always just listening, receiving, 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 and not even interacting with other people, yeah. not partaking in the word and not being able to live it out and not be able to interact with it. So I think that's the, yeah, as like, as you said before, like definitely um, how we, like how to be more aware, to be more personally engaged with uh, whoever you're interacting with, like online. So, yeah. yeah, like you could you could add a lot of different layers to that. So, like if you want to be like, hey, what did you guys think of this? Can you write that down in the chat, right? And then you, they could write down like what their input is and be like, oh, I guess everyone's like on board with this. Oh, someone has this question, or you can let the congregation know. If you have any questions, feel free to put in the chat. Hopefully, we can discuss it later on. Like that just allows like use the chat, use the video, use a bunch of resources to just be able to interact with not only yeah with your congregation uh, in a, on a personal level as much as you can. Yeah, and just hopping on to that. Um, sorry if I interrupt anybody, but. Um, for any uh, church leaders or pastors who have, a, you know, a message on a Saturday or Sunday, like, and Jed has mentioned this so many times before, have the small groups talk about that idea throughout the week. That way, that anonymity, anonymity, is that way? Anonymity. Anonymity that <laughs> Jed was talking. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> so that word that Jed was saying. Anonymity. So, <laughs> the only way that that can be fixed is yeah have like a sm much smaller group because you can't control a congregation online better yet in person so if you can expound on the message because uh, we all know messages should not end on the week on the weekend only you know we should ponder on it during the week you know how yeah. to apply it and sort of and so on and so on so if we get to work with church leaders and pastors to like, listen, we want to, you know, give us some questions or if we want to do it ourselves, take it on, upon ourselves to create these questions, to have a further discussion on the message, then yes, I think that's how we can combat any of these complacency, yeah, complacency that, you know, the consumerism that you guys were talking about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like I think like my idea goes along with yours, Arwen. Um, and just empowering smaller groups to have that discussion instead of uh having live stream like videos just the live stream or just have like pre recorded pre recorded videos, uh, because that can feed more into the consumerism spirit. So if you just do that, um all the work that like the churches have done prior to that to <clears throat> to limit um, the consumeristic um, approach of Christians or their members, like all their work before this pandemic will have gone to waste because um, all they're doing now is live stream and like they're putting something. It's almost like spoon feeding. And so I think like what we can do better or like what churches could do better um, it's not necessarily like a panel discussion, but more empowering each smaller group to have the discussion and that maybe even make that as the main aspect of what their church is about now. Um, and maybe 
not just like smaller groups, but each household, like tailor, like the discussion to be relevant to each member of the family, like whether it's like teens or if, if, if a couple has, um, you know, toddlers, I mean, they can't discuss, but like maybe elementary <laughs> you students, don't know that. <laughs> elementary students, um, <laughs> uh, high school students, uh, to be able to just have discussions, right? And then, like maybe the pastor, like later on, will come on like with a short talk of the discussion. Yeah. Uh, so maybe just empowering every family, and it's like an opportunity for every guy to step up, pretty much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Stop true. being lazy, guys. Uh oh. Yeah. Rebuke. Uh, <laughs> uh, I got a couple ideas on how to get there, and it doesn't necessarily have to take advantage of this fact that we're, you know, um, to take advantage of video per se. Mm. Uh, but like, I have about four ideas, and two of each of those two are kind of two of them are related. So the first one is, um, you know, this gives us a chance to be a lot more interactive as pastors. So maybe you know. Um, put out a question that while you're setting up, you know, while you're waiting for the service to come on, you know, you can ask people and they can sort of like, you know, ask a question on, you know, how does something that's related to their, their sermon that they can address, like, how do you feel about, you know, the COVID, you know, impacting your religious freedom or, or, or like, you know, do you, do you have um, parents that, that are suffering in an old age home that you can't, visit or something like that and then address it in the first parts of his sermon right to make it a little bit more personal you know with mm. their with the congregation to to do that or even maybe even do that later on in their in the sermon okay so the second thing that i had um is more taking advantage of that they're um that they're on a digital device uh for for say and i wanted to shout out uh, the daily audio bible for this kind of like inspiration they have a prayer wall or like people calling in and asking for prayer right and so yeah so they they have this every day and so people can go down to this this prayer list and then they can just you know uh, pray for these people that you know that have that put forth a suggestion or has a praise report and they can thank god for that uh in the same vein um somebody to record maybe whether it's audio whether it's a video you know have a testimony wall, right? Um, and to do that, since they're already on their devices anyways, right, to take advantage of that. And there was a fourth one, and I can't remember what it is. <laughs> it was related <laughs> to the, the first one, but something like that, right? Wow, that's awesome. Like, I love that. I just everyone... wish we had this, like, creativity when church was still happening. You know, like, it's just surprising me that it took COVID-19. Man, COVID-19. COVID. 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 Like you're telling me we didn't have this creativity before. Like uh, people wanted to, uh, they just weren't empowered or trusted. I guess. Um, So uh, I guess like the next part of the discussion goes into what kind of things should we avoid as leaders and or members? Uh, don't use the direct chat to like gossip on somebody else that you see online. <laughs> mm. 
did that happen? <laughs> Especially on wow. the Oh my god. Because you can record the Yeah, because you can see their backgrounds. So some people don't do like a like like what Arwen's doing. I don't know if we're gonna show this, but Arwen has a background that he can do that. Not everybody can do that. Not everybody sees that. Not, like my iPad that I'm recording this on doesn't have the capability to have a background. So maybe you see like stuff in the background and you start to like I don't know, criticize judge it, them, oh. judge them, and stuff. So, what? so don't do it, don't do it, and definitely don't like direct message your friend during this service or any other time. So <laughs> pulling that out and making fun of them because you know they're not going to hear you, and it's you know it's a secret chat. To I mean, I do so that do when it. I'm sitting beside people in church and something funny happens. <laughs> anyways, anyways, so. Uh, <laughs> You're just contextualizing. (laughs) I think we can down. I think, like, I think within different churches, yeah, I think this is definitely. uh, I don't want to say exposed. I think just revealed. um, I guess the importance of different ministries, and I think we can downsize in the sense so we can start focusing on things that are really that are really important like i think okay i don't want to say um say it uh, uh, uh more, more value yeah uh, more value have, i would uh, say yeah more bang for the yeah, buck. Uh, I, I, feel, I don't know what, what else to say how to i say mean that. i mean take this in context of whatever your community is whatever your church is whatever you're surrounded by and what your demographic or who you're trying to reach like taking take 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 that all in context we're not saying like oh you can't have this ministry because like it's useless we're not saying that we're like we're saying to look Do more look at <laughs> look at your context see like what what your community needs the what the people around you need and i think go from there mm. i think like yeah there, there, there should be like a, a conversation for sure with all the churches like if i yeah yeah like the, the situation that we have brings into light like what is what is something that we should focus more on uh, and perhaps put something else that we have been focusing on maybe a little bit too much in the past aside mm-hmm. for now, and let's just do maybe a refocus. And I think that all churches should be engaging in that type of conversation because once we come back together, the world is going to look different. Mm-hmm. Um, and there will be different needs. Uh, maybe the society, mm-hmm. our society would need more, more services. Uh, maybe in your city, you don't need that much services which i would be surprised if it didn't um but and etc cetera, etc cetera. it's really tailored by church which services and which um departments uh and a set of leaders are much are needed but for sure yeah conversation is important yeah so what you guys are saying that churches need to figure out what ministry is essential or non-essential? Non-essential. <laughs> I guess not non-essential, I, but like you know, focus, I'm joking, I'm focus, joking, focus joking. your energy on on what will get you the greatest returns. And it almost seems that you know we're we're spanning out, we're spreading ourselves too thin that not a whole lot of things get done. It's yes. just busy work. It's just doing things for the sake of doing things. And I can't, you know, I, for for some of our leaders, I can't fault them because you know they get they get elected into. A being a leader of you know of yeah of 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 children's ministry or communications or singles ministry or whatever what have you right and they don't want to look you know like they're slacking or they don't want to be looked down on so they throw all their energy into it to, to do this wonderful job you know in a program format 
and maybe somebody else is looking at you know maybe another another department head is like wow i got up my game and so they you know they put a lot more you know they're, they're throwing more resources and time towards that and it's just like a back and forth tit for tat type of deal where everybody's now just like okay well you have to do this because if you don't you'll be considered a slacker and you're not pulling your weight and you're a bad member and you know you shouldn't be part of this church that you know i mean i that's an extreme view, but I, I can't help but think, I know I thought that way, you know, when I was, you know, leaders for certain ministries that were, that were there. And so I can't help but think that um, it's not an uncommon thing for people to think of when they get elected or when they get chosen to lead a certain department. Yeah. Right. But in yeah, the end, <clears throat> yeah, but in the end it has to be like, you know, really sit down and, and think where you can make the biggest impact with all, you know, what's the greatest returns for your, for your, um, you know, for your energy and stuff. And it's, yeah. and it's biblical because that's when we're talking about the tent, when we're talking about the, the servants with the talents. Yeah. Well, that's, they, yeah. You know, that's a good example for that. Yeah. And I don't want to um, sit here and like um, look like we're criticizing people. Um, it's just that like, we want to encourage everyone to take the time to reflect what, they can do more um, mm. to serve the church and to serve like the people outside the church, right? Like uh, to serve the community. Although right now it's, it would be kind of hard. Uh, there's like limited things you can do mm-hmm. um, to uh, go out to the community and serve the community because like everyone's on lockdown. And yeah. also there's like those departments in, uh, in the churches where, like mostly their roles, even though the church, even like when the pandemic was not going on, like their roles were pretty much in the background, right? So like at this point, like we can't really like say, oh, whatever's happening now is, or like whatever we're seeing now is, should be the only part of like the church. Like, no, there are other things within the church in the background that makes the church run even though we don't realize it right like the treasury yeah and for some of us yeah what can we do more to 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 grow god's kingdom and grow the church you know how can you do more but for some for other part uh, other people it's not so much for doing more but doing things that are different that'll get you a better return for your energy right to be more efficient to get more you know and reward back for the time and the energy that you put in. Maybe it's not exactly the, you know, the way that you're doing things, you know, it's not, it's not um, as helpful as, um, as it, as it should be um, considering the amount of, of energy and time that you put into it. So maybe there needs to be, you know, a different way of approaching or using your own energy and time so that you do, you know, have, uh, have something that's that 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 contributes at a greater value, right? And I think people will be better, you know, when they when they see that um, that maybe the things that they're doing gets a greater return, right? Um, they're more effective, um, you know, that they would be as they would be, you know, content with that as well, right? Mm. Yeah. Is that making sense? Yep. Yeah. Yes. And yes. Yes, Jed. Um, uh, uh, but my, 
my what I'm gonna say is more so back to answering the question. Uh, we, I'm not saying that we were. I'm just saying that we went to this awesome tangent, and then I didn't know what to say to like bring back like what I want to share. Uh, mine, mine is somewhat related to what we just mentioned, mentioned, but not really. Um, it's uh, is, but so basically, it's um, something that we can avoid doing is just discouragement whether that be comments of discouragement against people online or feeling discouragement. Uh, the feeling discouragement, that might be like for some, yeah, you can stop yourself from feeling discouraged. For some, you that might be unavoidable. But mm. the reason why I say that is because um, these are difficult times for everyone. Um, mm. It's a confusing time. Uh, we, it's, it's hard to, it, we can't expect so much from the members and we can't expect so much from the leaders as well. Um, and I say that because like, you know, I can see from a leader's perspective, like you only see like 20 people online on your live, live church thing service. And then, well, your church has about 300 members. Where did the rest mm. go? That could lead to discouragement for the leaders mm. and for the members. They can feel discouraged because you know, like, oh, my leader, my leader, uh, the, the the leaders of the church are not doing anything, and like that means, like, where am I? I'm, I'm I feel discouraged. So I think that's something to be cautious of. Um, uh, and and so why I say that? Why avoid discouragement? I I say that because uh, I want to encourage the encouragement. I want to encourage grace, uh, in uh, in when, when we talk. Um, I encourage uh, everyone to just be graceful for the leaders. You know, it's a hard time. Leaders might not even know what they're doing, uh, but you know what? Members, show them grace and love, and support them as much as you can. You know, you could even message them, and be like, "Hey, I know it's a hard time. I know we might not have a live stream yet. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> you know what? But you know what? I, I'm still praying for you. I still care for you. I still value you as." someone that god has been using as leader and leaders you can even do the other the other way around and being like hey i know it's a hard time for everyone and don't worry about it uh that i although i want you to be on the live stream i know it, right now it's a hard time for you um everyone's dealing it with it differently i know for myself i am like having a hard time dealing with it too um i haven't stepped out in the sun for maybe more than yeah of more than a week so it's so it's like everyone's gonna deal with it differently and so just show a lot of grace uh and love towards another and not discouragement and you know feeling discouragement that's hard to avoid i'm not saying that you can i don't know how to explain it like discouragement might be inevitable but um yeah um i think that the one thing we need to avoid as leaders and members is we can't be the same as how we were before the pandemic. Mm. Cause it would be really sad if we just asked for normal to come back. I think our definition of what normal was is definitely different from what normal will be when this is all over. Um, and yeah, if we can't, if we can't even manage to adjust the new into the new normal, that's, I think this COVID-19 would have been a waste. COVID-19. There we go again. COVID, baby. Always <laughs> COVID. No. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, yeah. That's, that's all I have to say. I mean, everyone's, everyone, I think everyone said it all. And I think Arwen really wrapped it up really well. Like, we, like, as, like, 
God did not allow COVID to happen, but he's definitely using it for his glory and he's definitely using it in sanctifying us. And yeah. Yeah. True. What I'm working That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And for all the members out there, try not to stay isolated. Um, even though we are physically separated, we can still use the technology to stay spiritually uh, connected. Mm. So I think that's like one of the big things we should avoid is to stay spiritually isolated. Um, which brings us to the end of the episode. Uh, yeah, well, so we just want to thank everyone uh, for joining us in this episode. We hope that you're well and in good health. Uh, we can get over this pandemic, but we can only do it together. So as much as possible, take every precaution to not get or spread the virus. Uh, we hope that you are blessed with our discussions today. Um, and for all the church leaders out there, more power to you. Same with the frontliners in the health and service industries. Um, we're all praying for you. Uh, we release episodes every Wednesday. So always be on the lookout for them. If you have any questions, suggestions, or encouragements, you can reach us on our socials, um, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Prodigals Pod. All right. So we hope that you stay blessed and you stay faithful and that you join us next time for another episode of The Prodigals.